Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, welcome back. Thanks for joining me. I'm really looking forward to today's chat with Hisham Azuz. Hisham is the founder of Recruitment Mentors, which is an amazing community of recruitment consultants and a platform for their learning and development. Really looking forward to this one. So Hisham, thank you very much for joining me today. No, thank you for having me, Ben. And obviously, I was meant to do this a while back, so I'm glad that we're making it happen now. Absolutely. So for, for listeners, whereabouts are you based in this world? So I moved to London uh, three years ago. Uh, I originally fro- I born in a place called Eastbourne, which is near Brighton. Ah, lovely. And yeah, moved to London three years ago. And yeah, it's been an interesting ride with COVID. But yeah. last few weeks have really reminded me why I love living in London. But that was definitely a question when I was paying a premium <laughs> and doing the same thing every day. Yeah, the same four walls. Yeah, London is an amazing city. There's no doubt about it. Um, so yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, do you want to give us a quick snapshot of you and then what led you to forming Recruitment Mentors? Yeah, sure. So the short story is I basically had no idea what I wanted to do career-wise until I found myself basically abroad working on my own. And the only job that I could get was selling tickets to a bar crawl. And the only way I would make money is through commission. Wow. So people would pay me 10 euros and then have to pay 15 euros on the night. So before then, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, ended up there, got into sales. I was terrible at it at first, absolutely scared to death of stopping people walking in the streets, interrupting people, sunbathing to talk to them about what they should be doing with their evening plans. But uh, ended up enjoying it, ended up sort of getting quite good at it. And then when I came back, I decided that I wanted to sort of embark on a career in sales. Ended up in insurance. Uh, and then I then ended up in insurance recruitment. Mm-hmm. So I, I joined the recruitment industry because sort of my experience of sales in the professional world was very transactional. I used to sell car insurance to convicted drivers. Um, so people that had been caught drink driving or sort of driving about insurance. And the good thing about that is it's a pretty hefty premium. So the, the commission was pretty good. Mm. But basically, if I didn't sort of close that person in that call, then there's a good chance that we weren't doing business together. So I got good at that sort of transactional element, trying to build rapport, build trust in that short period of time. But when one of my friends then went into recruitment, who I stayed, um, who I met in the insurance world, and he told me that obviously all the positive things, you earn a lot of money, be able to go to Ibiza, buy Rolex, <laughs> the, the classic recruitment uh, spiel. Yeah. Um, what I did like about it was the fact that I could build on my sales skills, which is why I wanted to get into the industry, because from what I understood about it, it was more consultative. It was a longer sales cycle. It was bigger deal values. And they were the things that I, I didn't currently have. So it entered the world of recruitment. I went from being sort of top of the leaderboard in my sort of insurance sales environment to bottom of the pack in this business. And I had a really difficult First year, I joined a, a small business. There was eight of us. I sat directly next to the owner of the, the business. And I learned everything from the people around me, right, as, as you do in, in small growing businesses. Mm. And I was really hungry to learn. 
really hungry to learn. For me, I was already big into my self-development. That was really natural to me to try and sort of learn from other people that have trodden on the path. And it was really natural for me to look outside of our four walls to see who I, who I could learn from. But that wasn't sort of commonplace because the typical mindset of uh, recruiters is can be, I feel like this is changing, Mm-hmm. by entered the recruitment world in 2016 it was why would you even look at your competitors and do all that like you just need to focus on yourself mm-hmm. they're rubbish and all these types of things right <laughs> so um had a really difficult first year found it really hard and i had a, a good chat with my uh, boss going into my second year and he said to me look Hisham, i've seen a lot of recruiters in my time you've got the work ethic you're putting in the volume activity recruitment's a long game keep doing what you're doing and it will pay off mm-hmm. and i believed him so i continued to do that but I sort of decided to look at what else I could do. And that's where I started basically doubling down on my LinkedIn brand because that was an area which I feel like I could improve. Mm-hmm. No, I, before that, I never used LinkedIn, really. And I thought you just use LinkedIn to get a new job, basically. Yeah. So uh, I, that, I didn't make a single placement when I was in recruitment um, in link, with LinkedIn in my first year. So that was an area that I felt like I could really improve. And when I looked to my competitors and how they were utilizing LinkedIn, that was a sort of real light bulb moment really, because they were using it the exact same way I was, which was just to use it as a job board and just to sort of shout at people and say, we've got these live jobs and having sort of had that whole year of context in that first year, I now knew that didn't make the money because no one in my four walls made a single placement by doing one of these job postings on LinkedIn. So for me, I was like, hang on a minute, these people have been doing it five plus years, 10 years, and that's how they're using LinkedIn. Surely I can use it in a better way. So I made the decision, which was, I'm not gonna use LinkedIn just to talk about live jobs anymore. And I went on this whole journey really of getting really comfortable in sharing my opinion online. Um, and during that process, I decided to start a blog called The Recruitment Roller Coaster. And the simple sort of purpose behind that was if I can sort of share my journey that could help other recruiters understand that the trials and tribulations that they're going through, they're not alone. And also to paint a real picture of working in the recruitment industry. So if people were to read my blog, they can make a better decision if recruitment's right for them or not, which could hopefully impact the high turnover um, we have in the recruitment industry. And basically, that's ended up having a real big imp- that decision has just had a real big impact on my career because that blog then became a podcast which was a, uh, called the recruitment roller coaster before i rebranded it to the recruitment mentors podcast yeah i then got the opportunity to move up to london because through the podcast i met my old boss that started a inbound marketing agency that just supported the recruitment industry i moved to london i joined them um, i continued to build my brand online continued to build up the podcast and then I decided to start my own uh, personal branding uh, business where I worked with recruiters, either one-on-one or groups of recruiters and successfully helping them sort of uh, build their personal brand so they can reach more people they can help and make more money, continue to build the podcast even more. And basically the idea for recruitment mentors and, and sort of where that whole uh, piece came from was there was just a real appetite from recruiters that wanted to learn. Um, because they listen to the podcast and I would get messages and these types of things. And a lot of the things and where I've ended up is just, if I'm honest, just been a lot of gut instinct, but yeah. over the last sort of nearly, yeah, three years now, I've been dedicated to, I guess, like giving, trying to give as much value as possible to the recruitment industry. And that's where it's, it's been building, but that's a sort of long stroke short story as to where I ended up going into recruitment mentors. I can go into that, but that's the sort of short story that ended up getting towards recruitment mentors. That is fascinating. I love that. Can I take it back one step? You were selling tickets to bar crawls or pub crawls, whatever you want to call them. 
and you were selling insurance to convicted yeah. people. These are tough, tough <laughs> gigs. And for people who have left the corporate world, this is the thing that pops up. You know, you, when you're an employee in a large company or whatever size company it may be as a recruiter or as an HR person, whatever it may be, you get jobs given to you. Can you please go and fill this role? Can you go and do this project? Can you fill in this report? Whatever it is. Suddenly when it's your own business, you don't have that happening. And so sales becomes hugely important. You said in your when you first started the, the pub mm. crawl, bar crawl, ticket sales thing that it went badly and it was really scary and all sorts of, how did you leap across that barrier or leap across that gap it was, it was hard there's no i it's it's quite hard to describe really i would say what helped me it sounds common sense but what helped me overcome it was just getting myself in the position of being uncomfortable more because yeah. The part that was scary was all the things that you would think before you went and approached that person or started that conversation and how you think it would, would be that you'd get rejected and all these things. So it was that internal dialogue of sort of trying to change. Yeah, but basically when you when you do it enough time, where you're in enough, when you're in that situation enough times, then obviously you can build up some confidence. But what? So that's the first thing. Like you have to. Unfortunately, there's there's no easy way about it. Like you you will fail and you will learn. It's just about that learning piece that's important, but you're going to have to put yourself in that situation of outside of your comfort zone where growth can come from and where you can learn yeah. enough times yeah. to then you can, so you can get better at it. And then when you've done it yeah. so many times, you get more comfortable in going into that, to that space, right? But what really helped me was having doing that, obviously quite a few times failing, learning, I then sort of crafted a bit of a pitch and where that really helps and I did the same thing in recruitment where that really helps is that if you've got, if the initial dialogue or how you open up the conversation or how you start trying to build a relationship with a new person, you've sort of got not an exact script, but you've got something in your head that you could sort of do by memory that you've sort of worked out has sort of resonated with people and things like that, that, that make, that gives you more confidence going into that situation. Cause you're not having to think about all the things you're going to have to say off the cuff. So that's what really helps is one, getting into those situations more often and two, then crafting just a bit of a sort of core message really that I always sort of got across in those interactions that gave me more confidence because I knew exactly what I wanted to get across. That makes sense. And they're so closely linked, aren't they? The, the volume helps shape yeah. the script and vice versa. So the, the script will help you have those conversations. I know my website is called Get More HR Clients, but really when it comes to sales and winning new clients, it's the step before that of having conversations, having sales calls, having conversations. The more of those you have, the numbers increase both in conversion rate and the actual sheer volume, they lead to the client. So I love the fact that you talked about just getting out there and, and it sounded a little bit like conquering the fear as well as perfecting your craft and listening for the right signals and rapport and all that sort of stuff. Oh my God, it was absolutely conquering my fear. I I had never done, I was a pretty sort of confident person, but I'd never done anything like that before. And I found myself, yeah, just stopping people in the street like I ended up, I even basically where there was a lot of money to be made was to sneak into hotels and then door knock basically. So we would basically sneak into a hotel and then go around knocking on everyone's door. And then we would say, hey, this is who we work for. We wanted to tell you about this. Would you be happy to invite us in? And we'll tell you more about it. And then we basically find our, me and the person that I'd be selling with, we'd find ourselves pitching to a group of maybe six people, eight people, bigger people on why they should uh, go on this bar crawl. And 
that uh, it wasn't and it was also in a place where there was obviously a lot of drinking involved so we'd finally find ourselves in these weird situations where people were pretty <laughs> drunk and stuff like that so uh yeah it was it was it was I, I wouldn't i wouldn't actually change it for the i wouldn't actually change it at all that whole thing but yeah. I, I learned a lot and yeah it was it was so scary at the beginning uh, good on you really really respect that yeah at the end I'll, I'll let people know where to get in touch with you and so on but if people want to ask advice on the best bars you know they can do that privately <laughs> later on um so let's jump to recruitment mentors what is rec- recruitment mentors yeah sure so recruitment mentors is a subscription-based learning and development community that is exclusive to recruitment consultants but ultimately it helps recruitment businesses accelerate their consultants so what we do is we help agencies amplify their current learning development with the sort of most diverse collective and current teachings available to support them in developing their people. So how we do that is by connecting the members of this community platform with mentors that they can learn directly from and they can learn from them through content and through our community channels. And the sort of main USP really and what makes it different is uh, the the people that they're learning from is is the first thing. So these are all people that have all worked in the recruitment industry for five plus years. They're all people that have gone on that typical route where recruiters aspire to. So start as a trainee and become a top biller or become a director senior. And then the third and final piece is they're all people that are still actively recruiting today and have been successful in today's market. And that's a really important part because um, a lot of trainers in the recruitment industry although a lot of them are great and some of them aren't so great, a lot of them haven't worked in the industry for sort of five, 10, 15 years. So a lot of agency owners that I've spoken to just haven't been convinced that these are trainers that can sort of help their recruiters in today's market, right? And then the second piece is all of the learning and development content that we get put onto this platform is very driven by our members. Uh, So what that means is we're creating content and having the important discussions to help them overcome the challenges in today's market. So what this hopefully could mean and sort of our mission really is to help recruitment consultants progress their careers without limits so if they have access to people that they can learn from outside of their four walls on-demand learning development and they can really take their own development to their own hands then they should have the best possible chance of leveling up their performance and having a, a longer tenure in the, the recruitment career that's great so how did you decide what sort of topics to include and cover within the membership program sure so Again, it comes down to the the actual members themselves, if I'm honest, because also I had really good context because of the podcast. So I've been doing the Recruitment Mentors podcast, which was formerly the Recruitment Rollercoaster podcast, as I mentioned, for I've been doing it for sort of three and a bit years now. And the whole premise of that is it's all about deconstructing how the best recruiters and best recruitment entrepreneurs have achieved what they have by deconstructing their approach to leadership, their habits, their mindset, how they've run business and these things. So I've obviously got a really good barometer of the typical challenges that recruiters may be facing because I'm having those conversations on a daily, weekly basis. So that really sort of formulated it. And then obviously drawing on uh, my own experience in the industry and also I have um, other shareholders that have backed me to start this business that all have their own recruitment business. I wanted to get people involved in the business that could obviously support me, but I wanted the expertise. I wanted the sort of uh, support. And these are all people that have their own recruitment businesses so very close to the day-to-day as well so all of that context and nuance helps us understand what we should be providing content on or what the first iteration was but 
on an ongoing basis, so I'm, I'm probably spending an hour to hour and a half calling members at random each week to find out what challenges they have at the moment, where would they like to develop further, and all of this can, can consistently paint a picture of where we need to be sort of producing content on that can help recruiters today achieve what they want to. That's wonderful, yeah. And I love the fact you've got, uh, what do you call it, grassroots feedback or input into what needs to be developed, but you've also got your shareholders, you've got a, a board, I believe, uh, helping yep. you. So I'm guessing they're giving guidance so they can see both forwards and backwards what happened for them, both good and bad, and then they can provide guides and, and help shape the conversation. That's excellent. It, it's a membership. Why did you choose to go for a, a membership group rather than an online course or a fixed-term coaching program? Sure. So this is something that we're looking at evolving at the moment as we're sort of quite early on, on on this journey. So how we delivered it at the beginning. So when so one of the biggest challenges recruiters face is sort of how time poor they are and how many different plates they have to spin at the same time. So we was aware of like one of the challenges that we could have in sort of people utilizing this platform, despite how good the content is, is having time to use it. So the route that we went down was sort of, we have a library of bite-sized video sessions, which are no longer than sort of 50 minutes long, where it was really easy for people to jump into the platform, get sort of really insightful, practical piece of advice that could help them. And it could be really just sort of to go in there and jump back out because it's structured that way. Um, and then the other thing that we have is then our weekly live interactive sessions where it's sort of you, you can attend those and you can watch them back as well, but you can attend those and they're more sort of Q&A masterclass peer-to-peer style rather than sort of sitting there watching someone go for a presentation. The whole point is it's a, it's a peer-to-peer learning and development platform, right? So it just made sense to then have like a weekly live interactive session on different topics, which people could attend and then ask their own specific questions. And they can have that sort of dialogue with the mentor that we've got booked in in that week where people, a lot of people get the value. So we went down with that because it just made, it made, it made sense. But obviously as we continue to get feedback, we're going to look to implement, uh, some uh, courses and start doing that because what we've realized is that actually how we can help recruiters with time is if they enroll in a course that then means that they've committed to having I don't know maybe 45 minutes an hour in their diary every Wednesday every other week for six weeks to complete that course and there's a bit of continuity there whereas at the moment we've got this library of great content where they can go in there and find what's useful to them but they're having to spend time on finding the stuff that's useful to them, doing those things, whereas a sort of a structured course uh, content structure could be really useful, which is what we're looking at at the moment. But we're still going to make that sort of live and interactive and peer-to-peer rather than just the typical just sit there and and sort of go through these modules because I think that's what really makes it special is that peer-to-peer is that sort of peer-to-peer sharing and because that's what we're trying to create at scale. Most recruitment businesses will say their learning development consists of sort of internal sharing, on the job, uh, senior people sharing what's worked for them. And if we were able to create a space where we can do that at scale with some of the best recruiters across the industry, then that should really be able to help people even further. So we want to keep that peer-to-peer piece. But that's why we went down that route. And then the membership piece, putting aside the obviously benefits of having monthly recurring revenue and these types of things as a, as a, com- as a commercial um part of it is then obviously as you, as I'm sure you'll uh, be aware is like 
if you're someone that wants to learn, then it needs to be, you're not just going to learn things straight away. Do you get what I mean? So there needs to be a bit of time commitment here and a bit of sort of, we need to be doing it over time. Yeah. yeah, do you get what I mean? So obviously it made sense to obviously have a monthly membership that you sign up to. And if you give us at least 90 days, we'd be confident that we can really deliver a lot of value in that in those 90 days, which is a sort of fair amount of time to get the most out of the platform, spend time on there. And then after that, um, you should be staying because you want to and you're getting the value. Question on the, I don't know, curriculum. You've got this sort of a smorgasbord approach and perhaps over time it'll become more defined as to structured weekly yeah. scheduled type approach. What are your thoughts on helping people remain accountable to learning? So you've given them some information and recommendations, recommended plans, things like that. How can you help remotely coach people to be accountable to do what they said they would or do what they should do? This is a question that we're asking ourselves because mm. <laughs> we can, yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. But I think the having having an element of this platform where there is a sort of uh, sort of core structure that people can attend could really impact that because the way that we'll structure it is you have a session and then um, in between the next session there's certain activities that we're going to set you and then in the second set uh, in the second session as part of this course there's going to be plenty of time to share what you learned what you found difficult and that peer-to-peer piece which what will make this unique so that will really help whereas yeah you're completely right at the moment it's um very much around sort of um partnering with the right businesses that can help sort of i guess basically in Course, what we're trying to help them with so we've got one of our um, partners did a great thing where basically they had their uh, recruiters uh, uh, deliver lunch and learns for their peers uh, on the things that they learned and took away from the platform which is a really cool way so that's the, why we're really excited about partnering with uh, agencies and businesses who can sort of like if we can provide the content and these types of things that can support them a lot of these businesses have no sort of L&D function or these types of things so there will be there will need to be a bit of a partnership there it is a partnership where this platform could be used to go hey you've now been in this platform for four weeks what have you learned what do you want to focus on and that they can actually use this as, a, as an area where they can say hey our last one to one why don't you try and do that so it's not just complete reliant on us but there's definitely more that we could do but our customers are sort of definitely actioning that as well but it's a question that we're thinking a lot about to sort of improve the value sure so it could evolve from a b2c or one-to-one product or service into also a b2b so that agencies themselves could be using it in-house as well is that right yeah yeah so that's that's sort of where we're focusing now really where Mm -hmm. we're partnering with recruitment businesses who want to add this learning development platform as a resource within their business that their teams can use um, in order for them to offer on-demand learning development opportunities for their people and mm. yeah, show that they're investing in their people, give them instantly expand their in-house expertise with uh, some of the obviously great people outside of their four walls that they can learn from. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm really focusing on now and where we mm. see the future of this, but we started with B2C and sort of bottom up, but that's where we really see the, place where we can have the most impact is partnering with agencies. Okay. And you've mentioned P2P, peer-to-peer a couple of times, which is a wonderful way of, in, of encouraging learning, locking in learning, and, and absolutely getting someone to teach what they've just learned is one of the best ways to lock in learning. I, I completely agree. Is there any um, downside or risk or fears on the part of participants or members that they're in a group and sharing ideas with potential competitors? Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's the mindset that's changing. 
if we're all there to learn, then that should be okay. Do you get what I mean? Like, people aren't sort of sharing their sort of, I guess, secrets and these types mm. of things. Like, businesses are more than happy to put their people in a room full of their competitors if they're all there to become better leaders and spend time on their development and learn because that's the context of the room and what they're there mm. to do. Do you get what I mean? And that's that's the, the context of this platform. Like, th this platform is for you if you want to become the best possible recruiter you can be. So we're all there to, to learn, learn and grow, right? So that, that's the important part because if people don't feel like it's a safe environment to learn and grow, then mm -hmm. it completely breaks, right? So um, it's, it's a completely valid point, but... It just it just doesn't it just doesn't stand like it's just yeah. like there's enough business to go out there and yeah. we're not actively going oh sort of what are your what terms have you got with this and this is exactly how we're doing this with this customer and stuff like that it's more about like hey these are the challenges that I'm having or this is what I'm going through at the moment this is what's working for me what's working for you yeah. uh, rather than discussing certain accounts people that they're working with. Because trust me, there, there's enough recruitment business out there saying they've had the, the best quarter of their lives and stuff like that. There's, there's plenty of business to go around. And I think that's just a, a scarcity mindset. It just isn't the right mindset if you want to learn and grow because that doesn't translate into other industries. Perfect. Yeah. No, I really, I, I like that. And the, the phrase that comes to mind is that a, a rising tide lifts all boats. Uh, and I'll come to LinkedIn in a moment, but I've certainly seen from some of the stuff you've published on LinkedIn where you're talking about boosting the industry itself, the recruitment industry and strengthening it. So yeah, you've got people in there who are potentially competitors and maybe sharing information stuff, but I think it's actually for a benefit of all. So that's, that's really good. If I take you back just for a moment, when you first launched the membership, as anyone who's ever hosted a party at their home knows that there's a, there's a little lurking fear that sits in the pit of the stomach that says, what if no one shows up to the party? So when you were launching Recruitment Mentors, um, did you have that fear and how did you address it? Yeah, absolutely. had that fear for sure. So look, I think what gave me confidence or more confidence was a few things. This isn't something that I sort of just did overnight. So a big part of why I started this was because of the podcast, which I had been doing for well over two and a half years. So obviously built a lot of uh, loyal um, listeners, built brand, these types of things. Mm -hmm. And I'd also obviously built... Uh, an audience as well I think if you look at any if you learn anything around sort of these types of things online it's all about you have to build an audience so I I had that which is what gave me more confidence I think I'd be more worried if anyone turned up if I if I didn't have an audience right so I I, I had that which really helped now there's a few things yeah. that happened that sort of also gave me a lot of confidence where the sort of catalyst for the this idea came from was back in the 2019 I hosted the first live event 75 tickets available 10 pound a ticket and it sold out in two days Brilliant. and obviously that whole evening it was it was great the energy was awesome and it was full of over 70 recruiters who were all there to learn i think i've seen footage of this yeah yeah it was it looked amazing yeah it, it was great and that was sort of just said i i've had some sort of idea or some sort of community dedicated to recruiters where we'd sort of i guess just take the learning to the next level really i release a podcast every week and i thought why should the learning stop there there's people listening they want to learn more they want to go into more details and these things so i always had sort of an idea bubbling away and then that sort of event really solidified it. and then what furthered my confidence was i then planned the next event in march 
obviously when COVID hit, but so I had to cancel it. But basically we then um, booked a, a larger venue and there was 120 tickets available and we sold that out in a week, right? Wow. And the ticket, the ticket price was 15 pound this time. So basically like there's a lot of buying signals there. There's people parting with cash to spend time of an evening in a space where they're there basically to spend time with their peers, spend time with like-minded people in the industry where we're all gathering together to learn, to, to grow, mm -hmm. to share best practices. So there's a lot of buying signals there, right? And combine that with the audience piece, I, I felt quite confident, but of course I still had those fears. But luckily, I, the way that I did it was we launched with a group of founding members so the reason for that was we wanted to offer a discounted membership price and offer people the membership that really wanted it so we could gather as much feedback as possible before we actually opened up the doors uh, and the reason why we did that was one we wanted feedback but also we wanted people to jump through a couple of hoots before they obviously decided they wanted to sign up and we managed to our goal was to get 20 we managed to get 40 which was great and all these people had to go for like a two three step process to even get the chance to actually sign up what was their process so they had to apply uh they then had to jump on a call with me for a, a video call and then we would then decide if we think they're a good fit to invite into the community why didn't you just say yeah come on in give me your money because that would mean that we're more vulnerable to not the right people joining and people joining and leaving nice so a lot of a lot of the so a lot of the members that we have to, to i would say at least 80 percent of our family members that joined us in uh november last year are, st are still in the community so let me pause you there he should, um for people listening to this it doesn't matter what area of the industry you're, you're in there's a few different lessons there one is the build an audience that's such an, a key component to all of this you don't want to launch something cold if it's a product, service, whatever it may be. Then you've got the what they call in the e-commerce or the tech world, the, the MVP, minimal viable product, which was also indicated by those buying signals at smaller levels and things like that. And then I love the, the last element, the foundational members uh, and not just making it easy for them to join. So that way you're in, uh, ensuring a, a higher quality of participants, um, uh, better outcomes for all. So that's brilliant. That's a, that's a real roadmap. In terms of marketing, what's working best for you now in terms of bringing in new members? So yeah, this is de this has definitely been a challenge for sure. I think I underestimated how difficult it would be to consistently attract new members every single month on the B2C uh, side. So this right. is definitely a consistent learning and we're by no means like the finished article. Mm -hmm. So our chance, so there's a few things. So our sort of main channels, one is the podcast, continues to be a real solid way of attracting new members, particularly our B2B customers now as well, because right. we would yeah, reach out to customers that we would love to be customers and talk to them about coming on the podcast and we build a relationship and we find out about the learning development they have and how important it is to them. And we end up talking about recruitment mentors at some point. Um, there's a few things that we've done. So we've launched a, a newsletter, read any sort of marketing 101, they'll tell you to have an email newsletter. And yeah. I wish I started that earlier because obviously yeah. a huge benefit for that for anyone listening is that you're not vulnerable to any sort of algorithm platform changes like yes. it's yours, right? So you are in the list, yeah. Yeah, so we joined, we started a, a newsletter called Limitless Learning, where again, we're every other week we're sharing practical tips, advice, for recruiters to who want to level up their performance. So we've 
things so far on five questions to ask on a business development call or five different ways you can get in that first meeting and these types of things so we launched that launched that in march and we've got um did a post about this the other day we've got nearly 1500 uh, subscribers to that which is wow. amazing that's fast then, yep. and then last month we launched uh, which will be another one of our solid channels will then be a, a monthly event series obviously at the moment it'll be online called recruitment growth events the first event that we did last month uh, we had just under 100 people um sign up and it was on sort of overcoming imposter syndrome and the next one's going to be around cultivating resilience and sort of how can is sort of resilience taught or can it be taught or is it sort of innate within us mm. so we're sort of building up solid marketing channels that should sort of hopefully feed everything mm. but we wanted to have a newsletter and have a monthly sort of like event where people can sign up and we add value there and then we've got the podcast so they're all contributing and helping and then i consistently share content on linkedin that impacts uh, it as well but there's no there's not one sort of particular thing at the moment that's sort of really driving everything that's what we're continuing to working out like what is the what are the main things that we really need to be sort of focusing on that has the best results and so no front runner but they all contribute yeah they all co contribute and we're still working on if being completely honest and transparent is definitely still working on having the systems in place to measure everything track everything because at the moment it's we're, we're we're very much bootstrapping this right so at the moment i've got a small team of freelancers that i um leverage it's mainly me that's wearing multiple hats marketing um sales customer success doing all of these things and I've got to get the business or aiming to get the business uh, to a certain point over the next three months where I can then actually start hiring for the team or spend more on actual resource. And that's going to free up, yeah, to obviously my time to spend more time on things that can grow the business. But yeah, there's definitely things that are still working out. But we, there's a few, there's a, a number of things that we're doing. And that would be my advice, really. I obviously don't want to be reliant on one channel, but... I would say try have different things going on and then I guess make the time to then work out what really works and then double down on that, which is what I'm trying to work out. I like it. You mentioned LinkedIn in there and I wanted to ask you about that because how on earth do you write such good LinkedIn posts? And do you use a particular process? Do you plan it out? Do you just have ideas come to you as you're walking along the street, something pops into your mind, you're saving your phone. How do you come up with such good stuff? <laughs> I think, look, I think that it, it's important to say that I've been actively write sharing content on LinkedIn now for probably about four years. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a pretty long time. So that's helped, obviously. But I guess, look, having worked with a lot of people who were not sharing anything at all to then consistently sharing, the, the number one challenge that people have is is what to talk about. That's, yeah. that's the, the number one challenge. So what I always try and communicate and remind people is that good content is content that's relevant. And I think a lot of people where they go wrong is they don't think about who their posts are intended for. And again, it's marketing one-on-one. -on -one. You start reading about marketing, I'm gonna tell you about personas, target audience, and these types of things. Sort of my first piece of advice would be like, you need to understand who your target audience is and who you're trying to communicate with. Because if you understand that, then you've got a better chance of sharing things that are relevant for, for those people, right? So I spend a lot of time speaking to my target audience every single day, every single week. So for me, my process is picking up on 
nuances and common sort of themes that I always hear on conversations that helps form what I talk about that sort of gives me confidence that it's going to be relevant for more people than just the one person I was discussing that with right and then the other part is then I've just I've just got better at working out a way of delivering it and that comes from just writing more and more LinkedIn posts but the second common challenge that people have is then sort of I guess coming across the wrong way or talking about something that they're not comfortable talking about um, feeling like they're not competent enough to talk about a certain subject and for me my advice for people is always to be that your your content on LinkedIn should be to facilitate conversations around important topics around relevant topics for your target audience rather than be the person that has to have all the answers yeah. and the benefit of that is then if you're creating with your brand a place where people are discussing important topics and dis, um, and conversations in in your industry that's a great place to be so when we're facilitating conversations we're then encouraging comments engagement and that's obviously going to drive us getting more out of our linkedin posts mm. but it all starts with really understanding or making the time to understand who you're trying to communicate to and who your target audience is and if you start there and ask questions like what are some of the biggest challenges that your target audience are going through, what keeps them up at night, why do they do what they do, et cetera, et cetera, then you should have a better understanding of what you should be showing up and talking about. Yeah. And that's just what that obviously comes quite natural to me now. Yeah. And on the taking time, do you bulk right or do you just as an idea hits you, you're right? Yeah, so I separate it. So basically, uh, typically every uh, other Friday, I will have my own sort of brainstorming session for 30, 45 minutes. I use a great tool called Miro, which is a virtual whiteboard. Um, and I have a bit of a sort of um, my own post-it note session where I sort of brainstorm all of the t conversations that I've been having and themes that I've been picking up. And then on every Monday, typically between sort of 10 to 12, um, I will then try and write all of my content for the week um, and get that boxed off and get that ready Typically, like minimum for me, I want to be posting one one post a week, but ideally I want to be posting two posts a week. So I'll try and do all of that in that time. I love it. What was the name of that whiteboard again? Uh, Myro.com. It's, it's a fantastic tool. So before recruitment mentors, I was in the personal branding training coaching business. We would do the sort of virtual, well, we would do the in-person post-it note sessions to really map out the target audience and things like that. And obviously I had to bring that online in the last yeah. sort of 12 or so months. So Myro is like the perfect tool to do that. There's so much that you can on it but like it's a virtual whiteboard basically you know there's just so much that you can do on it and i absolutely love it oh brilliant m-i-r-o is it yeah m-i-r-o yeah dot com all right so gosh you've I've, I've just been sitting here nodding at everything you've been saying if you've been listening to this you're on the go make sure you come back and replay it because there's so, so many gems in here Hisham, if someone is in a recruitment business why should they join recruitment mentors and then how can people find out more Nice. So the reason why people should join is because one, the best recruiters have the mindset that they can always be learning. And why you should be joining recruitment mentors is because it's a unique place where you can have access to some of the best recruitment professionals outside of your four walls from different sectors, different locations that you can learn directly from. So you can take the things that you absolutely love that's really worked for them and start applying it to your day to day. And you're going to have an even better chance of breaking through those glass ceilings and really maximizing your recruitment career, whilst also having the benefit of meeting like minded recruitment professionals and understanding that the challenges that you're going through, you're not alone, and also have that peer to peer element that a lot of us human beings absolutely long for and want. 
Um, so that so that's why. And then the the second piece is the best place to check it out is one either connect with me on LinkedIn, Hisham Azuz, or go directly to recruitmentmentors.com and you can sort of understand more about the platform there. But as a minimum, if you don't, if it isn't right for you to join or whatever, I definitely recommend you sign up to our Limitless Learning newsletter. And you can do that by going to recruitmentmentors.com forward slash learning. And if you go onto our website, you'll get one of those pop-ups that will say you should subscribe. So you can do it that way as well. But as a minimum, that, as a free resource, definitely check that out and you'll get sort of um, loads of uh, great tips directly into your inbox. Excellent. And you are in the UK, but someone listening to this, if they're outside the UK, they can still join, right? Absolutely, yeah. So our, uh, being honest, most of our members are based in the UK. I'll probably say mm-hmm. 80%, but then 20% are scattered around America, Australia, um, Asia. This is the great thing about it being online remote, right? So again, we can obviously support people internationally, but definitely um, a lot of our members are come from different locations they're not just uk we have mentors who have delivered content that are based in america uh, based in asia um etc so there's also that mix as well but at the moment it's definitely uk centric so listening to this on the go the links are in the show notes anyway and also for hisham's uh linkedin profile but the website again is www.recruitmentmentors.com hisham thank you very much for joining me today i've had a blast listening to this and learning so much so thank you thanks a lot ben Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.